Once again, and welcome to the official Preston Lions Club show. It is the Lions Den coming to you live. Josh Parrish here for International Women's Day. It's a bit of a special show tonight, and I'm delighted to be joined by Executive Committee Member and Vice President Silvana Naumovsky. Uh, Silv, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. It feels like a long time since I spoke to you on this, but... Yeah. Uh, Firstly, I mean, what does International Women's Day mean to Preston and the strides that the club's been making in, in recent seasons? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, happy International uh, Women's Day today to everybody out there. And um, it's great to be part of this club being on the executive committee now as a female, I think is a massive step forward. And we've got 30% now representation of females on the executive committee. So we're making some pretty big strides there. Um, and also, I think the representation in terms of our um our women's teams as well so some pretty good stats going on there um give me yeah, some stats please. yeah yeah I, I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna mess them up so I thought I'd bring them with me <laughs> um so I guess um with the WNPL seniors and under 19s team um we've got some great representation there and also our um we've got loads of junior girls in all ages going to JPL um We've got 35% of females that attend on match days now. And I think... That's pretty much unparalleled across... Yeah. At least Victoria, I would have thought. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that really demonstrates the engagement with the community and what we're trying to demonstrate out there and um, bringing them in on those days. And also, um, we've got a junior committee and we've got 70% female representation in there as well. So, we're making some pretty big strides and um, deliberate, I think, um, uh, positions moving forward as well. I mean, absolutely. I mean, how, how do you increase female participation in the club? How does it happen? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of clubs out there are looking for the secret formula. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's a secret formula, but I think um, you know, females, you know, I think there's stats and data out there. We do bring a different perspective and point of view, and I think you know, we're all professionals coming in here, and we're able to bring something to mm. the table. So I think it's always important. Um, within the community, society generally, that um, women have a seat at the table and also have a voice. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, Preston's really listened to that um, and really starting to make some deliberate moves around bringing women in and increasing that participation rate. Do you have an answer as to why we've got so many women attending games? Is there is there anything the club's doing behind the scenes to drive that or is that just something culturally that's kind of happened organically? Yeah, look, I, I think it's probably a number of things culturally mm. and, and it has happened organically. Um, and I think the more women we see out here and having representation on the executive committee, um, you know, really starts to engage them a lot more and bring them to the games. I know just uh, one thing in the off-season that made a few waves was uh, free 
registration for uh, our uh, our junior girls. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, um, so that's pretty exciting that we can do that and bring them in and start to, I guess, attract more of those juniors coming in and feeling more comfortable coming to a soccer club. Yeah, absolutely. So forward thinking. That's what we uh, we're striving for here. And, you know, our senior women reaching the top flight of uh, Victorian women's football this season is pretty exciting uh, as standard bearers for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, yeah, we're really leading the way in that and um, it's going to be an exciting year. What's been, I guess, your experience taking on a leadership role at the club? What's the journey that the club's gone on, I suppose, in your time in that role? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, I've spent the last four odd years here running the um, women's coterie. So we've really built that up and to deliver, um, to raise profile of the women's um, program. Um, also memberships as well. Um, so we're really making some strides in that and we're moving into the fifth year now, uh, which is really exciting. So I think, um, you know, moving forward on from there, it was a great opportunity to also um, incorporate, you know, our skills and backgrounds into the club and really try and bring it to that next level um, that we're striving for as part of our strategy. Absolutely. Um, firstly, I mean, what is the women's coterie for people who don't know who oh, might okay. want to jump on board quickly? <laughs> yes, I know yes. we've talked about it on prior shows, but, you know, they're always new listeners. Yeah, yeah. So the women's coterie, we have a luncheon every year um, at a really um, fancy, if, if you like, yep. <laughs> uh, destination where we invite, um, we invite it to everybody, whether you're within Preston or not. Um, and basically we come together, we dress up, um, we have a few drinks and something to eat, but, um, I think our raffles are the biggest, um, I guess, drawer into uh, coming to that event and we usually have a designer bag up for grabs <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of other prizes. Um, so we have some lovely supporters and um, also sponsors as well that help support that day and make it really successful. Is having, I guess, more women involved in the club, uh, I, I know that's a draw to advertisers and sponsors in today's age more than ever. Is that, I guess, a commercial asset for the club? Yeah, ab absolutely. I think um, we need to really demonstrate, you know, we're out there really wanting to engage the community and we really need to demonstrate and have represent diverse diversity within um, our clubs. So, mm. you know, people need to see themselves here. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just obviously like there's, there's a broader social good in chasing this and, you know, leading the club into the 21st century with it. But also just out of pure self-interest, it's more attractive to sponsors it's more attractive to when you're approaching government for grants and things like that it's, a, yeah. it's in every club's I guess self-interest to, to become more inclusive yeah absolutely it is and I think um you know if if you're not then you're really you know you're lag you're going to be lagging behind mm. and I think as a community and society again something that we need to actively be doing well uh happy international women's day to you thank you um I also want to get your thoughts on our national second tier, yes, not second division, second tier, <laughs> second expression tier. of interest. And uh, <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have in my hot little hands right here, this, well, you've got a slightly chunkier version I of do. the booklet. <laughs> I've had a few, of, uh, a few of my more boring pages removed, but uh, this has been quite a bit of work that's gone into this, uh, ac across this, uh, this subcommittee that's been established. Do you want to yes. talk a little bit about the subcommittee that's um, basically put 
the Brains Trust behind producing this document? Yeah, subcommittee. I think we like to call it a task force. Task force. <laughs> I like it. So we're bringing together all of our capabilities and skill sets that we've got already within the club. Um, and really what we're trying to do with this expression of interest is bring across our vision, um, the history and culture, and really start to look at, you know, we're really running this as a business and, um, you know, we're, we're really serious about it and uh, really striving to do our best to get through to this um, process. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many, I guess, hours and months <laughs> of work have gone into producing this pitch to, I guess, to Football Australia? Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of hours by a lot of people. Um, so, I think, you know, we've put our blood, sweat and tears into this um, and, it's, and it's come off pretty good if I have to say so myself yeah um i so mean it looks fantastic yeah visually i think creatively it, it come up an absolute treat um and yeah we're super excited um about the next stage of the process i mean there's a number of people on uh this task force what kind yeah. of uh i've got the this the subcommittee here the task yes. force here uh what do these different people i guess bring in terms of expertise to to the table because i know we've taken an approach of divvying up areas of responsibility to sort of subject matter experts that we've been able to bring in or, or who are already at the club. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So everybody's got a particular skill set that they were able to bring to this and we're able to align to that um, based on the the different focus areas of this um, expression of interest. So um, all of us got a, a, a section allocated to us to go away and work on and then come back as a committee and, and really everyone also chimed in and um, I guess provided their views and, and thoughts on that as well. So we really collaborated together um, to really come up with this and make it a really good uh, expression of interest, I guess, as, as well as it can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what do you think are the main, I guess, selling points, the main, like, headline items that we're, we're pitching to Football Australia and saying, these are the things we've got going for us? And I know there's a lot, but what do you think are the, the headline things that say, this is Preston? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I think I think our vision from a strategic perspective, we're, we're pretty clear about that and what we want to do. I think our history and culture you know, that goes without saying, mm. um, it's pretty rich and, um, you know, and particularly the governance around it as well. You know, we're making some really good steps towards ensuring that we're, we're not only moving forward on our strategy, but holding ourselves accountable as well around all of that. What does that governance side of things actually mean and actually look like? Because it, it really sounds good to the rest of us, but uh, <laughs> we, we sort of go, uh, I'm, I'm not actually sure what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's a lot to do with, you know, how we kind of set ourselves up and making sure that we're delivering on those things um, and we're not just kind of going off track. So we're, we're making sure we're keeping ourselves um in step with what we're doing and and holding ourselves accountable to that, I think. And just, I guess, on the discussion that I was having earlier with, with Zach and with Dave, you know, if we progress to the next stage of this, there's more, you know, there's a lot more detail that has to go into it. There's a sort of pitch, a further pitch. This is just the, the start of mm. that journey. But also, you know, the clubs don't actually know what, the structure of this is going to be yet there are kind of two competing structures that could be based on levels of interest it's a little bit vague so the club is also going to be assessing what we get in return and what this comp is going to look like and whether it actually is in the best interests of, of Preston to proceed it's not just pick me pick me and we don't care about what 
the details yeah. are once we get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not a beauty contest <laughs> by any measure. <laughs> um, and we're really taking this seriously. If it was, we'd be straight yeah. in. I mean, look at exactly. this thing, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, we would have won it straight away. But, um, you know, we really have to take all things into consideration and make sure it's the right thing for our club, for um, our supporters and our sponsors as well. I was just, I guess, looking to, at some of the, the social media reaction to this, seeing all the clubs announce and put their their uh, their graphics up on social media <laughs> and then we think, oh, they've been 22, they've been 23, well, we've got 32. The level of enthusiasm for this competition and you know the potential that it might have around the country is absolutely staggering. You know, I'm looking at... Um, I guess social posts from all the major football outlets in the country, and the the metrics, so to speak, on those are like tripling, quadrupling any of their other output. It's crazy how much enthusiasm people around the country have, you know, for for this concept. It's, I mean, to me, it's the most excited I've been about football in Australia since. You know, since we qualified for the 2006 <laughs> World Cup, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it is pretty exciting. And I think, um, you know, this is really going to add another level and layer um, of competition that I think everybody or a lot of people have probably desperately mm. been looking for. So um, it, it's exciting. And, and I think I can share in that excitement as well. And I love the interest in it. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, great. Is there anything we have to change or do differently or evolve to be on this stage? Um, look, I think for now we'll we'll address what it is that they're looking for and, and mm. to the best of our ability. Because we will get feedback on this. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we'll, we'll get all that feedback and go back and reflect and refine and look at what else it is we need to do to ensure we're meeting that criteria. Well, for me as just, you know, I'm not in the boardrooms and so forth, but for me as an outside observer... I think it's all about the supporters in the terraces to me. It's all about it's all about fans in the stands. It's all about those thousands of people that are standing on the hill at Dandenong City on Friday night. That's what I think Preston's unique selling point is that the competition needs. So, um, you know, I'm I'm very excited and optimistic about this and I think all the supporters are as well for this, you know, next stage that our club wants to get to. I mean, we... We have the song, you know, one day we'll be back. I mean, <laughs> this is it's tantalizing. It is, it is. And look, um, let's hope we get there and I've got a lot of great confidence that we will. Absolutely. Well, um uh, as is often the case, I get little updates while I'm in air things oh, that, uh, of that you El do. Presidente would like mm. me to mention. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of progress that's gone on with the scoreboard. So okay. the, there've been ditches dug around the ground. So Massive thank you to Nick Lazarevsky and Tonga Excavations and uh, Igor Georgievsky and uh, his team at Electrical Connectivity will follow to be able to actually run power to that magnificent scoreboard yes. on the other side of the ground <laughs> that we've been waiting so long for. So who knows? I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting a deadline on it because I don't know, but the next home game could be the night where we light up this place. It could be. Let's yeah. light it up, I say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and also, I've got a little plug here. Um, in terms of the uh, JPL uh, girls program, 13 to 17 year olds. Um, so with, uh, do you want to take me through a little bit? I know it's the juniors, <laughs> which is not <laughs> quite your remit precisely. No. <laughs> um, but we've got some spots available in, in some of our junior girls teams. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think 
obviously there's no fees to pay there so uh, you know really encourage uh, anybody to come out come see us come have a trial and um, yeah we can yeah look after you I guess and and it's, it's exciting times I think that we can do this for the junior girls teams and um, start to build that within the club. So particularly under 13s, under 15s and under 17s girls squads. We're really looking for players in those departments. Uh, so we'll have a link up on our on our social channels to register your interest or you can just come down to pre-season training Monday and Wednesday nights starting from 6pm. Um, we're more than happy to have you and, and for you to join the growing contingent of female footballers here at the Preston Lions. Uh, Silvana, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure. We're going to take a short break. Later on in the program, I've got Mel Camilleri and Rachel Sturton coming up from the senior women's team. But first, two men who starred on Friday night, Marcus DeMarch and Delano Ferro, are going to join me on the other side of this break here on the Lion's Den, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Lion's Den here on FNR Football Nation Radio, the official Preston Lions club show coming to you live on a Wednesday night. Josh Parrish here alongside two of the heroes of Friday night. Delano Ferrer and Marcus DeMarch, gentlemen, welcome to the show and congratulations on what was an incredible result. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Delano, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, left back, not probably not the position you, you necessarily signed up for. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you've taken to it like a duck to water. How has that process been, you know, jumping in there at kind of short notice? Um, to be honest, I think... It's been good. It's, it's a challenge. Um, I think in the past I've played positions kind of similar. Um, back when I was at other clubs, I started off as a, a wing back, and then there was occasions where I drop into fullback if like they got hurt or they weren't playing good, for example. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Uh, I think, like I said in the in the past interview, it's a, a position where I still feel I can create, get forward, and still uh, show my qualities and help the team. I mean, how difficult is it to play there on when you're a right-footed player? Does it narrow the pitch a little bit for you? Um, how would you so say? How's, th- how's his weak foot, Marcus? It's all right. <laughs> so crossing today was pretty good. So <laughs> look, look. If I have to use it, I'll use it. You know. But um, I think the way that we play, um, it allows me still to flourish, which is good. Yeah. I mean, is there anything new you've had to learn or or pick up from the coaching staff on playing there? Any anything you've had to focus on? you know, in preparing for these games? Um, I think mainly, I think the biggest challenge or the biggest difference between me playing wing and uh, left fullback is the concentration that I need Mm. for the whole 90 minutes, you know. Um, I think in the game uh, at Dandy, I think there was situations where the defence lost a bit of concentration and uh, in the first half, and it could have changed the the game overall, but I think... um, the way that we've been playing and the way we played in the second half, it really shows that uh, if we are concentrated, that we will be we'll be all right at the back. So, and I think we have enough uh, talent up front, even on the bench, that could change the game at any moment. Well, that's a nice segue, Marcus. <laughs> you made your Good introduction on off the bench, and uh, what an introduction it was. Uh, have you been replaying that goal in your mind all week? Because I have. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> sort of just trying to think of. Next goal I'm going to score as well. Yep. But, of course, straight away, it's Friday night, Saturday morning, showing a few people. have to, <laughs> <laughs> have to show it up a little bit. But, um, after the <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, as soon as Monday started training, thinking about this week now. Absolutely. That's what we like to hear. I mean, 
Delano, uh, you should have seen his face when I revealed to him that the stream had dropped out before he scored. Just just absolute devastation and heartbreak. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, the camera was recording. We can get the footage. <laughs> this is somewhere. So um, I hope you appreciate our little late night social post there just to make sure that uh, uh, everyone got good. to saw it. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was a, a pretty nice finish as well, mate. Thank uh, you. It, that probably, you know, shows the threat that you can provide. Almost an extra man in midfield mm-hmm. coming inside yeah. onto the right yeah. foot and then... You know, uh, I have to say, I've been impressed with your performances at other clubs, but I've never seen you score a goal like that before. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen myself score a goal like that in a long time too. <laughs> but yeah, it's been good. I think um, uh, the the goal, it's just like, it was just instinct to be honest. Mm. And you know, when, when you score a goal like that, it's unfortunate that I didn't get to celebrate with the supporters. Um because I'm surprised myself, to be honest. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully it, it can continue and I can score more goals for the team, help the team, and then uh, support, um, join the supporters in the celebration, you know? Yeah. And uh, you were combined with uh, with Triggs there on that mm. goal. Yeah. Uh, he was he was an absolute bull when he yeah. came off the yeah. bench. Definitely. I think, you know, like I said before, we have players on the bench that, that can really change the game and um, impact which is important, you know, for a team that's looking to to win the championship. You need players not so, not only in the in the starting lineup but on the bench as well that can compete, and and that shows in training mm. as well. Like like for tonight, for example, I think the the standard is really good, and you know when we're always playing games at the end, it's it's always very close because, which is a credit to us boys because we're always pushing each other. I mean, we don't really have a first eleven and a mm. second eleven, do yeah. we? Not no, not this no, season. No. <laughs> and then, and you, you could see that in preseason. I think it, it was a bit uh, a bit of a mental challenge, I'd say, for some of the players because you you don't know where you stand. But it's it's also one of those ones where you just have to believe in yourself and you were brought here for a reason, which sure. is which is yeah, different. I, are players, I guess, a bit more used to having that kind of established hierarchy of you know you're a starter, you're a bench player, you know. I'd say in previous teams, yes. Yeah. Um, but. Personally, you know, I probably could say the same for Mark. Cause I think we came here to challenge ourselves, um, to to play for a club that that's probably the biggest in Australia and has the supporters that we have. You know, it's it's a different challenge because you, you you have to perform in training and definitely in game day. You know, um, but I think it, it's something that we've enjoyed so far. And yeah, I think the team that we have right now, it's hopefully we can push on and do some big things. Marcus, is, is there added pressure when you come on in front of a, a supporter um, base and a crowd like that? I think there's less pressure, especially that, um, you know, we didn't have the greatest first-half performances. We were in control, but not as threatening. Mm. So then as a winger, especially coming on when the team needs a goal, um, I think there's less pressure because you feel like you're a bit more free. You got, I mean, Louis says, you know, when I come on, you got freedom to do whatever. Mm. Go and drive, go and attack, get us a goal. So I think there's a little bit more freedom. And then when you come on, I think it's easier when you come on like that. Only difference is maybe you're adjusting to the tempo really quickly. Mm. So even though you're playing, you know, 30 minutes or so, you're still going to be just as unfit at the, at the same time <laughs> because you're adjusting straight away just from warming up on the side to getting to that intensity. And this, the fact that we just scored that goal, the intensity was just really high. The fans were pushing, everyone was pushing. Mm. So it was 100 miles an hour from the get-go. There's two things I want to pick up on there. Firstly, just... I guess the impact of the atmosphere on the game because it felt like as we got on top the fans got on top of them yeah. as well and there was just this wave of kind mm. of momentum did definitely. you feel that on the pitch? yeah, yeah for definitely sure. for sure 
Definitely. What does it feel like when you've got a crowd like roaring behind you and encouraging you forward? Does it actually, you know, just does it? People say the cliches are twelfth man. Is that? Yeah. Does it actually have a tangible impact? It does, to be honest, because like you know, I saw I saw Cooper after the game and he was kind of saying after after I scored that goal and then we had the crowd. It was the game was over. Yeah. Because we knew that that once we had the crowd and and the momentum going towards us, I think um, the quality that we had, we knew that we will keep scoring. Well, there's a message to the supporters. You can influence the outcome of the game. So be loud and make sure that you, the players know that they've got your support because it does make a huge, huge yeah, difference. Definitely. You mentioned the intensity in the game. It felt like two teams who know that they're rivals, for, even irrespective of what the table says right now yeah. about Dandy City or even about us, it felt like two teams who know that they're two of the better sides in the comp and teams yeah. that were aware of the importance of the game coming into it yeah 100% I think I mean Louis said before the match this is a big one I think because we, we went to their ground it was even bigger that we won there and beat them with that score it was a bit of a statement I think to the league that once we're on top once the fans get behind us that we're just going to keep pushing and even though like, when the fans are behind us we push the other teams they get a bit intimidated at the same time mm. so they drop their heads and we just flourish when that happens have you ever been in a performance like that, that it's clicked like that? Because I have to say, in the time that I've been doing this show, that might be the best I've ever seen us play in that 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It might. It was certainly like, it felt so exhilarating to watch. Like, it just felt like it all clicked at once. Yeah. I think the adrenaline is what mm. got us over the line. I think the adrenaline and the intensity, the way that we pressed after that second goal and D scored, yeah, I think that changed everything. We were winning first balls, we were getting to the second ones, we were on their toes non-stop. I think that's what it was mostly, not just the actual quality, mm. but the way we just were so aggressive to make sure we're going we're gonna to get another one, get another one again and again. I want to dig into the personal stuff as well. I mean, you're up against your, your, your gym buddy. <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> to come one-on-one. We touched on it in the post-match yeah, yeah. interview a little bit, but, uh, you know, did you give him a few kicks? Has he got a few bruises to remember you by or...? It was a bit hard, because <laughs> <But, laughs> we're close off the pitch, you know. And you know, I wish him, wish him the best, like on a personal level, probably not as a team. But um, like I said in the past, um, as soon as I saw him there and he was coming to my side, I made sure he's not gonna get one touch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we double teamed him once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, um, you saw, like after like what two times he tried to take me on he switched to the other side I don't know if, if it was like from like the coach's side or from him but yeah <laughs> that makes me feel good <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to borrow yeah. me mate. <laughs> also if people don't know uh, we've got a, a hairdresser here Barber Barber sorry Barber <laughs> I need to know who's got the best haircut on the team apart from you obviously that goes without saying but uh, who's who's got the best best doing the team well, he cuts yes, a few people's yeah. hair, so... Yeah. Uh, is this con- conflict of interest? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the person who gets the best haircut is Johnny Roberts, because I do it. <laughs> 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 and then externally from me, I'd probably say I have to say fix, because the guy always looks clean. Fresh. Fade, fade, the fade is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got the little eyebrows? Yeah, he does. Well, he does, so doesn't he? dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... Uh, part of it. He was getting... Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna swear there. Uh, he, he was he was getting hit a lot. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah, Friday. Yeah, and I think um, 
you know, when when you play Figs up top, I think he's an asset. So we we like to like play off him and get him to hold the ball. But I think the the biggest challenge that we had in the first half was that we we were too distant from him. You know what mm. I mean? And um, they capitalize on that because like we'd, we would give it to Figs and then it would be too hard, too physical, and then we wouldn't be able to continue the the next phase of that uh, that play. But I think. You know, we spoke about it this week that, like, if we do that and we get the, the tens or the even the wing is coming inverted to, to play off him, it can be really dangerous. Well, you saw how effective he was against mm. Werribee, yeah. mm. you know, and I think also when you're playing a, a big striker like that mm. and you're giving the defenders a run around, it sort of softens them up for, mm-hmm. you know, the quicker guys who yeah, can come yeah, on and, and yeah. make the most of, yeah. more, you know, tired and bruised yeah. bodies. So um, I, I think he sort of played a selfless role, self-sacrificing <laughs> yeah, yeah. role yeah. in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Um, also, back back on the haircuts thing. <laughs> back on the haircuts thing, because I, I I was gonna I, I noted down to myself I was gonna ask this: Who's got the worst worst haircut in the team? Who's who's just he need who desperately needs a trip to Ferro Fades to sort their oh bonnet my out? Gosh, you're gonna get me in trouble, you. That's <laughs> <laughs> what this show's for. It's stitch ups uh, mainly. <laughs> just let me think. Maybe vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but because he just doesn't like, I don't think he cares about it like. That. <laughs> Yeah, I so mean, he's got a <laughs> he's he's got a bowl in his glove box. You know, is, is I didn't say that. He did. <laughs> it's a generational thing. Right? <laughs> you, know, you, you don't you don't care about it as much yeah, when you get to yeah. his distinguished years. You, you know, like Baka, the players, what he's done in his career. So. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't need the haircut yeah, to prove anything, yeah, right? Exactly. That's what it is. So uh, we've delved into Delano's life off the pitch. Uh, what does it hold for you, Marcus? What do you get up to? Uh, I'm a primary school teacher, grade five six. So managing that and coming here, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge so far. But I'm managing getting here on time. That's a bit of a challenge some days <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, few fines so far. No, none, zero none. actually, wow. zero fines. Well done. Maybe getting a few fines with a few nutmegs, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one today to be fair, but. Um, no, it's get a bit challenging coming straight from there. Uh, it's a long drive from work. It's you know almost an hour and twenty minutes. So, yeah. wouldn't be coming here and making the sacrifice if it wasn't worth it. Um, Absolutely. But I've also got a lot of kids in the class that play soccer, so they're loving it. I have to show them the goal as well. Oh, <laughs> you've stolen my next question. Yeah. What, do, what do they think of it? Oh, they just wanted me to join in at lunchtime. <laughs> but no, nah, no thanks. That's my break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no. You know, unless they're paying you for it. You know, don't get on the picture of those. Yeah, guys. no thanks. <laughs> I mean, are you teaching phys ed or? No, I'm just in the classroom. So I've got a grade five, six classroom and um, we've got like a sport unit. So this one is we're doing tennis and then next time we get to do the soccer. So looking forward to that. So I'm sure that that helps you deal with some of your Preston teammates, right? Having to deal with kids of that that age and oh, yeah. I can deal with anything. Trust anyway, me. I think I think we need a, a minder for Symesy sometimes, you know. Sometimes you just got to look the other way. That's what I do. <laughs> Uh, you have to ask him a question. Now. You can't just teach me up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if what has uh, surprised you most about this uh, this this club, this dressing room? What what's been a an observation that has come to you um, since you've come here? I'd say two things. Um, I think a lot of people talk about the fans of this club, and mm. I probably you know listened to them, but I didn't know the actual effect of it until you started playing. And you know, as soon as you score, when you hear the actual sound of it, you can definitely feel that and I just can't wait to score at home I think that'll be an even mm. different feeling or winning at home that's just going to be the reason why you're here I guess and the second thing is you know you come to a team with so many players so many quality players 
sometimes you come to the dressing room, you feel a bit, you know, intimidated or mm. unwelcomed. But from the first moment, everyone's so welcoming. We've got a really good unity in there. And credit to Louis as well. He's made sure that, you know, whenever there are issues, it's solved straight away. There are only good people here, he's said many times. Mm. So coming to a team like this with this many players and that's so competitive, everyone sort of gets along and also welcoming from the start. So that's probably what surprised me that everyone is welcoming from the club, the coach, the players, everything. Yeah, that's probably the most surprising thing and it just makes you feel better straight away. Well, the surprising thing about you, mate, is you've got international caps to your name. (laughs) Couple. Couple? (laughs) Yeah, three, I think, for the seniors. Nice. For the seniors of? Mauritius. Mauritius. So... These three. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he knows how many minutes he played in everything. <laughs> <laughs> At least I, ca- I came on in those three games. That's all that matters. Hey, I'd be dining out on that for the rest of my life. So, uh, can you, you have any stories about your, your time in the international setup, how that came about? Yeah. Um, at the time, I was I just left Melbourne City. I was over in Italy doing some trials and then um, one of the guys that... Uh, Mauritius obviously wanted me to come in for a while just to, for the youth team and you know when you're up uh, in the A-League youth system you're sort of trying to push for Australia first I'd say mm. um, but you get to the stage where the offer's there you want to experience it that you're going to be around professional plays international environment got to a point where I couldn't say no and that first game I was uh, I travelled to Mozambique and I was alone the team was already there and I remember I arrived on the Friday went straight to the team dinner and straight to initiation <laughs> and you know you can't really sing a song in English because you know none of them are really going to sing along with you so I had to sing a Mauritian song I only knew about the chorus that was very embarrassing because <laughs> it was shocking um, but then the next day we played against Mozambique and there were about you know 40 odd thousand people there and I think we lost 94th minute I came on maybe the 90th and I just ran and I don't think I touched the ball to be honest <laughs> And then, you know, when they actually won, the whole stadium actually ran onto the field and they had to actually, the security had to get get us off the field safely. So I was a bit scared going back back to those countries. But um, no, it's good memories because you get a few real professionals there. You get to spend time with them, talk with them and even spending, you know, two, three days with them, you learn so much. So Mm. yeah, the minutes you spend there, it's, I'm always going to remember them. And even with the youth team, it's just just as fun, just as enjoyable. But the level that you're playing against people is just so high, especially when you're playing international, that yeah, there's just no room for error. So when I was playing, I was 18, 19, 20, and yeah, I was very young. Couldn't really speak the language very well. I've learned a which little is, bit. Is it French? Um, they speak Creole, which is like a slang on French. Right. But most of the coaches that come in actually do speak French or English most of the time because there's a lot of English-speaking players. How how was the language, Barry? How how much could you communicate? Um, a lot of the actual professional ones, they used to play in England and all that, so they would help translate. Right. But most of the coaches would speak in English, and that was a big help, especially right at the start. Then you sort of understand the soccer language as you go. It's just You just learn it. Yeah. I mean, h- how did that experience, I guess, shape you as a, as a footballer? You know, going to these unfamiliar environments, these crazy places... Yeah. You know, running away from pitch invasions, like it's it's pretty wild stuff. It's good, it grows you up a bit. You mature up straight away, you start to think safely when you're going overseas for once. Um, but you you just learn so much from these, these guys, these coaches and experiences because you also, you know, you go into these places, especially in Africa, 
you have an eye open and you see kids, you know, that are begging for you to give them their water bottles. If you have a banana, they're mm-hmm. asking for it. So not just the football side, seeing those countries firsthand, that's probably more of the eye opener and it just makes you feel lucky at home. Who did you play against? Mozambique, you said? Uh, for the seniors, I played against Mozambique. Um, I played against Mongolia mm-hmm. and Macau. But for the youth team, I have went to South Africa, I went to Ivory Coast and... Actually had a home game in Mauritius. Oh, nice! How was that? That was the best one. Yeah, we won. So just make it even better. I think that was against Singapore. That was my favourite. Has to be. Had you spent much time in Mauritius before that with family and, and so forth? Or? Um, I went when I was about ten years old. Yeah. And then I hadn't gone back since, so it was unfamiliar. And actually went there on holiday last year. <laughs> What's it like? Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Is it like an island kind of? Yeah, it's an island. Um, all the beaches are perfect. Blue waters, clear sand. Can't complain. Bit bit nicer than here then. Oh, there are pl- there are places in Australia that are nice, but if I had to choose, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know the answer. <laughs> um, like, what's your background again? Because I've seen you play for like South Sudan teams, but you're not actually you're not from South Sudan. <laughs> I didn't South think African. so. I'm yes. South right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, how how is that kind of heritage? I guess shaped your footballing experience and so forth and. Um, um, have you do, you do you get back much? I do. Yeah, I think we'll hopefully we'll be able to go back at, uh, at the end of this year. But obviously, with, during to due to COVID, we haven't been able to go back. But um, you know, uh, I was born there. Mm-hmm. Uh, came here when I was about ten years old, and that's when I started playing. So yeah. Um, in terms of it actually like shaping me, I don't think not really much. I'd say because yeah, well, my football has been over here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you don't think getting into football was to do with your background at all, or? No, not really. No? I think it, it was just because I have an older brother, so like yeah, I just okay. copied him type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, uh, you know, it, being a younger brother, he was trying to copy your older brother. And thankfully, you know, I, I have him to support me whenever I need to. And and obviously, I'm a better player as well. So. What about uh, World Cup? Were you supporting South Africa back in 2010? <sighs> Actually, yes. Yeah. That first game and that, that goal that Shabalala scored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, iconic. <laughs> we you did know, that we, celebration we, of what it was. We played together in the past and we did that celebration. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can bring it out yet. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's some iconic commentary as well. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. I, the, uh, um, uh, that call, you know, a call for all Africa. Yeah, I'm oh. just stirring iconic. stuff. <laughs> My uh, kind of indiscriminate screaming on Friday probably didn't quite approach that <laughs> but, uh, you know I think it summed up the moment especially, yeah. <laughs> especially my co-commentator was going bananas as well for your goal Marcus which is great it's sort of full on Gary Neville this guy experience. always scores cracker goals man <laughs> it's it's a joke I mean yeah. it was uh, you mentioned Adam Bavka was refing you last time you scored a banger yeah. it, was, uh, it was Nick Dubano commentating you as well so, oh really yeah he's, <laughs> uh, he's maybe he's the lucky charm maybe he, we've got to get him again yeah. maybe <laughs> every time Adam Refs, I do just take a shot where where it's from. Yep. One will go in, but maybe if he's commentating, just let me know from the top. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a shout. <laughs> well, fellas, next game coming up this Sunday against Western United, mm-hmm. uh, who played a bunch of their senior boys uh, in their last game against Paco. Didn't help them at all. This is a pretty tough league. Mm-hmm. They went down three 0 so uh, it's going to be another another interesting test for us over at over at George Cross. Uh, what are we anticipating from this game? Um, I think it will be high intensity. You know, those youth teams tend to be teams that press and are usually good on the ball. But I think um, 
you know, we've been preparing well this week, and I think we have one more session before before the game, and I think when we go there on Sunday, when we have the support from the fans and the game plan that Louis provides, we'll be able to beat any team that comes across us. Well, Sunday kickoff. It seems like so far yeah. away. I yeah. know, such a long break mm. between games. Yeah. Hey, uh, doesn't your surname mean Sunday? Maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dimanche. Yes. I'm smarter than I look. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shirley, you, this one's got your name written all over it, mate. You'd hope so. <laughs> Hopefully Adam's roughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, thank you so much for your company on the show tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Congratulations to both of you on your goals. And let's take some of that incredible form into uh, the game this Sunday. 3 p.m. kickoff for the seniors. Uh, get down early for the uh, the under-21s as well. Against Western United over at uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross's ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time we, we went there last season, it was a very memorable 3-0 win. Uh, one of the better performances of the season. So happy hunting ground for Preston. Let's hope that continues. Gentlemen, for thank sure. you so much. Thank, thank you for having us. us. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, Rachel Sturton and Mel Camilleri are coming up. So stick around here on the Lions Den. To the Lions Den. It's International Women's Day here on the Lions Den. We're joined by two of our star strikers from the women's team. Everybody knows Rachel Sturton, our reigning golden boot winner. Rach, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. No, it's great to have you. And our new signing, Mel Camilleri, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, uh, do you prefer Mel or I've heard Cammy is the way to yeah, go? Cammy's okay. the way to go. All right, here on out, it's yeah, Cammy. Perfect. Tell us a little bit about yourself because, you know, you've been on the Victorian football scene for a while now and uh, seeing a Preston jersey, how's this come about? Yeah, um, well, I've been playing soccer since I was 11. I decided to give it up in 2019 because I thought that was, you know, I've done my dash. Um, but a persistent Dan has somehow got me <laughs> back. Um, so yeah, just kind of easing my way back into it, just see how we go. Oh, Rachel, uh, I'm sure you're aware, but I'm not sure our viewers are, as these helium balloons go for a, <laughs> go for a flight. There we go, we've lost them. Um, but I'm not sure if our viewers are, that we're actually in the presence of Victorian football royalty here. I mean, record-breaking goal scorer, no player has won the golden boot in Victoria as many times as you have. So, you know, you've got some experience in the goal scoring department. Yeah, I have netted a few goals, but... Um, you know, not without the help of my teams that I have played for. Um, you know, you can't score without the 10 other people in the park <laughs> getting the ball to you. So uh, credit to them that they made my job pretty easy uh, in those years of playing. So it was good fun. Well, four times you finished top of the goal scoring charts in the top flight. Um, I guess, you haven't, given that you've pretty much done it all, what has tempted you back into playing for Preston? To be honest... I don't know. I, I, like, I think... How do we rope you into this? <laughs> Dan caught me in a moment of weakness. I was on the couch one day and it was about his, you know, 20th attempt at messaging me and I kept saying, no, no, no. And I was just sitting on the couch and I thought, you know what, like, I'm a bit bored. I'm going to put the boots back on and go for a kick. And as soon as you come once, you kind of stuck. So, you know, you start to get along with the girls and... There's good banter and, and before you know it, you know, we're a week out from the season starting. So <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> how has uh, Cammy been coming into the group? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, obviously, having someone with a bit more experience has been pretty handy for me especially. Um, so, yeah, just having a presence around has been awesome. I mean, I'm led to believe that, you know, you're a striker who can kind of receive the ball back to goal and Rach is always 
always just running, running, running. So I, She's I feel like runner. there's, I feel like there's a good bit of chemistry that could be developed here. How's, it, how's the, uh, the link developing? Yeah, we're slowly getting there. Um, I think once we finally get it right, it'll be, it'll be pretty good to watch. Definitely, and I think just getting the girls getting used to like a new player up front and different style, like I'm completely different style to Rach. I don't like to run very much. <laughs> um, my back is always usually to goal, and I like to just kind of bounce and have people work off me, which is how I enjoy my soccer so yeah how's the adjustment been coming back to playing how's the body feeling it's sore yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sore each day um I think for the first five weeks of pre-season and our, our practice games I'd had scheduled in an hour massage every Tuesday just to kind of <laughs> be able to keep it moving on the Wednesday so um I've not had to do that anymore which is good it means it's getting better um but yeah it's it's a slow build up but it's it's getting there I bet Di's happy to have some uh, age-appropriate company around the place, I don't right? Know. I, was like, I was like, who else is here in their thirties? Like <laughs> nobody. It's crazy. I used to be the youngest player on the team for such a long time, and it's such a hard transition to become the oldest player. So, yeah, still getting used to that one. Well, I mean, Rachel, you're stepping back into the top flight as well. Let's not forget. So, are you excited to to get back into MPLW? Yeah, I am. Hopefully um, I can get a full season in this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what we can do. Um, obviously, being a new team in the league, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, I think. I think it's a, it's a league that needs a few new teams. Yeah, it's correct. a little stale for yeah, a while. Yeah, it was. Um, I think, yeah, this will mix it up a bit, and I don't think we're too far off. You know, I think we'll, I think we'll finish top four, maybe. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see, but, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to be able to challenge at that level would be a massive achievement to come straight up out of the uh, VPLW to, to challenge for finals. Is that the, is that the target in your mind, Cami? Yeah, definitely. I think we've got a very strong team, like toughness on our field. So like, you know, we can give any team a run for their money if, if it's our day and if we link up well and gel together, um, you know, any team is beatable. Yeah. Definitely like playing at Box Hill, uh, in previous years, we were always the underdog and we always knock the top teams off off just because, you know, we fought for each other. So I guess if the girls, you know, play as one and fight for one another on the park, like anything's possible. Is, I guess, the attitude thing something that you can bring as a, as a veteran presence on the side to, you know... Uh, because uh, we've got these other teams in the league that will have players coming in halfway through the season, A-League women's players, star names or whatever, but, you know, you, you know what it takes to win. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, with players coming in, it like I've been in a team where players have come in as well. Like it's very hard for them to then gel as one. I find mm. like especially if they're coming from all different teams, you know, it could be sometimes you could be playing against 10 individuals on a park and not one team. So, you know, I think we have that kind of, one up on them where we'll always be together and have been played together and we'll be able to form a stronger bond than teams where they've got players coming through halfway halfway in so well uh Rach, i saw a few of your uh, your quotes go off on the socials today about international <laughs> women's day i mean what, what does it mean to you i suppose being one of the the more prominent players at our club um and the strides i suppose preston's made in in recent uh recent years in terms of you know being more uh i guess inclusive yeah i think it's um it's stepped up a lot um obviously going into the mpl um yeah i've seen a, a big 
change in obviously the women's side and the de development the young girls coming through as well has been really good we've got a really strong 19s team this year which is really exciting and training with them and everything I think yeah it's been really good to see and wh what would you say to players who are considering you know coming through in the, the junior girls ranks starting just considering starting playing soccer yeah just come and have fun and don't second guess it just yeah keep going and have fun I guess yeah, is the main thing yeah, like come here, you know, you, you get a text one day and you're on the couch and you're bored, you come down and then, you know, before you know it, you'll be back and yeah. it just snowballs from there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell us a little bit about your your playing history, I suppose, and your past clubs that you've played for, past experiences in the game. Start to finish? Well, you know, we'll right. start at the start. We don't I have all night. <laughs> no, there's not many let's, clubs. Let's give a, a little, little podcast. I've a little been short quite video. loyal throughout my time. So I started when I was 11 years old. There was nowhere for me to play um, with my age group. So I had to play with under-18 girls at Green Gully. Mm -hmm. So that was our family club. And you were how old? So 11. 11. Yeah, playing under-18s. <laughs> um, by the time I was 13, I got picked up at Buckhill Park. I think by the time I was 14, I was in the seniors. Uh, stayed there for a few years, went to Heidelberg. Um, won a few golden boots at Heidelberg, mm -hmm. which was awesome. It was probably the time of my life. The girls there, we just kind of lived for one another. We spent every minute together. Um, I think from Heidelberg, I went to Box Hill. And then Box Hill, I think I did a stint at Carnley just mm -hmm. to help them not get demoted. And uh, then was at Bleen. And now I'm here. So not many clubs in what would be 23 years of playing. No. Um, so, yeah. What was it like coming into senior football at 14? It was so good. Yeah? It was hard because you were taking the spot of a 18, 19-year-old mm. girl with attitude and they're like grown <laughs> humans and you're just this little kid. But let me tell you, like, some of those girls now are my lifelong friends, like, the bonds that we created at those clubs, just like lifelong friends that you'll never not be with. So, yeah, it was it was a good time. I think football back then was so much more fun. Like, I don't know how to put it, but like the vibe was just, it was, every, the, the group stayed together mm. for years and years and years and you didn't deviate away from the club. Um, but like coming back... It's so much harder, the game so much faster. I feel the quality is there. Um, you, you know, you're not playing against average sides anymore. So you've, you've got to either work hard or get left behind at this point. Well, Alamein first up. They're a pretty well-organized team, as we know from, from past seasons in MPLW, very consistent performers there. Mm -hmm. What kind of, I guess, test will they provide? Yeah, I think it'll be a good matchup. Um, we're pretty excited to to go up against them in round one. Um, we did pre play them pre-season. I don't think I played. Um, so yeah, we do we do know I guess a little bit about them. Um, so we'll set up and yeah have a game plan and see what we can do in round one. And then round two we've got a a bit of a break. Um, and then round three straight into colder. <laughs> so time enough for uh, for Dan to send you seventeen hundred clips off the, yeah. off the VO to. Yeah, you know, you can, to uh, analyze. He's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already done some analyzing, so um, a little bit of work to do. But um, yeah, we're all like, very excited. What's been your, I guess, impression of Preston's women's program since coming in? It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think nothing is too hard. 
Like if you need something, it's always there for you. Um, you know, we have good coaching staff and strength and conditioning coaches, physios, you know, goalkeeper coaches. There's endless support around the training pitch. So, yeah, it's been good. Did you have that when you started? No. Not even close? No, we just had one <laughs> coach. That was it. No physios, no strength and, con- strength and conditioning coaches weren't even a thing then. It was just, yeah, old school. No, no GPS. No oh, no. no G- <laughs> even the warm-up's gotten harder since I last played. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's evolving and it's good and that's why we've got so much quality coming through and, you know, so, ma- so many of our players are able to go overseas and play um, in international leagues you know, as they progress throughout their career. So, you know, back then that was not really heard of. Hmm. Well, we've got Danny jetting off to Argentina or something. Yeah, she's there, there at the moment. Yep. Um, so I think she gets back soon. I don't know if she's back for round one, but um, yeah, she's back in a week or so. Um, l- luckily, she'll probably still have her fitness because so she's, she's playing over there. So, um, yeah, she should come slot back right back in. Slot right back yeah. In. yeah. Well, nice work if you can get it. Futsal tournament in Argentina. <laughs> All pretty jealous. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> I would have taken the offer. <laughs> <laughs> she still had to pay for that one, so uh, if it was free, maybe. <laughs> I guess what what are your personal goals for, for this season? Um, Do you have a target in mind, a number? Um, Not really, to be honest. This year, more so for me, is really just to, I guess, be successful as a team. Being a fresh new team in, in the NPL, really, for me, is just, um, I guess, yeah, being competitive as a team as opposed to more um, of an individual goal. I haven't really thought that far yet. I think as long as we work hard as a team, then, yeah, we'll have our own little successes individually. But, yeah, the main goal for me is really just to, to win each game. Do you have a, a a target? What do you want out of this? Other than to get through to the end? Yeah. Um, look, I just want to have fun, like enjoy my football again. Um, you know, a couple of screamers wouldn't go astray like I'd I love them. Um, But, yeah, just to link up well with the girls and create, you know, opportunities for us to score and get into positive positions and, you know, win games. At the end of the day, it's a team effort and a team, you know, as much as people have individual goals, it's all about the team and being successful. Having said that, yeah, I like what you said about long-range screamers. You don't mind a ping from outside the oh, box? Oh, I love them. <laughs> just just got to get the only two when it's seconds. On. Only when it's only on. Only when it's on. <laughs> just got to get the two seconds free to have a look up. And usually I know where the keeper is anyway. So it's just one look up and then ping it. Well, Miri you can can't see have her brain moves quicker than her feet sometimes. Yeah, that, and that's my biggest struggle right now. My brain is working at the speed it's used to working, but my body's just lagging behind a little. So hopefully it'll catch up. Well... I bet it will because uh, we're delighted to have your experience um, and your quality on board at this team going into the top flight. So, um, I mean, welcome to Preston, I suppose. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, good luck for the season. Thanks. And, and Rach, I mean, going into this year, did you have, you know, any doubts about recommitting to the, the long drives? and Because we know you're all the way down in the southeast and everything. Did you need any convincing to stay on board? Um, I think after the the year we had last year, it was pretty hard not to stay. Um, You know, that was a a pretty proud moment for me in winning the championship. So, yeah, I think it wasn't really much for me to think about coming back and and seeing what we can do as a new team in NPL. No-brainer then. No.
Well, I'll let you get uh, going on your travails because I know it's a long one. Uh, Cammy, Rach, thank you so much for joining me in the Lions Den. Thanks for having us. We're going to leave it there. If you missed any of tonight's show, we're going to have it up on the FNR Football Nation Radio podcast platforms or you can watch the replay right here on Facebook or on, on the FNR Football Nation Radio YouTube channel. Good night.